welcome to the Goalie Hacks podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Hello, and welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast, week number 56, and we got another great episode lined up for you guys today, so welcome back to the show and hope you're all doing well as always. And I just want to give a big, quick shout out to my two newest patrons, Michael Folia, hailing from uh, uh, Grand Island, New York, and Dominic Ray from London, England. And really excited to start working with, uh, really excited to start working with these guys. It's been uh, pretty awesome right off the bat so far for everyone. So excited to, to welcome these, these two to the clan. Uh, joining our rapidly uh, growing inner circle community and both Mike and Dom are longtime Goalie Hacks community members and uh, have wanted to join the, the crew for some time and start working together and recently you know, took that step to start working with me 1v1 and the results have been uh, quite uh, rapidly been spectacular for them. So really excited to continue our work, guys. Welcome to the crew. Uh, but furthermore, today on the show, I have the pleasure of being joined by WHL and AJHL coaching veteran and prior near 20-year pro veteran and DEL, uh, Germany's top league, uh, pro league uh, champion, DEL champion, Ian Gordon. And Ian has a, a, an extensive experience playing and coaching at the next level, and I absolutely love his approach to the game and, and uh, the conversation we're about to share with everyone today. So we dive deep into deep into depth about his journey and his road to uh, to a professional uh, to professional hockey and in one of the best professional hockey leagues in the world and uh, some of the adversity he faced and overcame to get there and then win a championship and then we also dive deeper into what exactly young goalies out there should be focusing on to be more successful in the postseason and some of his personal playoff tips and routines and we finally touch on some technical aspects regarding his philosophy and dive deep into how to deal with traffic and this one was awesome and you you know, how he articulates the concept to his goalies and, and why developing a system to deal with traffic is really non-negotiable at the next level. And like I said, uh, this episode turned out fantastic and I know you guys are going to love it. So make sure to stick around all the way to the end to catch all the details. And additionally, I've recently teamed up with Pete Fry, the goalie mindset guy and, and one of the best mindset coaches uh, in North America, working with tons of amazing goaltenders, uh, finding success at the next level. And we had him on the podcast not long ago, but I convinced Pete to start developing some new content for everyone and to put on some free webinars for all our Goalie Hacks community members in the next few weeks. So although it's short notice tonight, March 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, he will be hosting a webinar on how to develop elite focus, and he'll be hosting this one uh, again down the road but probably not for some time but he, he'll be revealing what over 90% of goalies do every game to, to diminish their focus without even knowing it how to recognize when your focus slips what you can do to consistently improve your focus and how to stay dialed in even if your game is not going your way and these are just some of a few amazing elite tips Pete's going to share tonight on this webinar uh, so if you're interested in attending just head to the link in the episode description uh, to register or the link in my Instagram bio as well. Uh, get the uh, get the link to, to join tonight. So make sure to keep your ears open going forward the next few weeks as uh, Pete uh, will be hosting several never seen before presentations on several topics pertaining to 
uh, developing elite mental performance for goaltenders. All completely free, free resources for you guys. And I believe at the end of the at the end of the session, he's going to reveal how exactly you guys can actually get his goalie mindset gym completely complimentary and free. So if you guys want a chance at getting that, make sure to attend. Um, the presentation tonight, but also make sure to tune back next week for a next free webinar we'll be hosting. But lastly, with the program experiencing uh, so much growth now, comes a point where I'll need to hire some additional part-time help. So I've officially set up some links uh, to detail the jobs of, of people I need and uh, a spot to submit applications as well. And please, I know we, we also have a, a small percentage of female listeners, but if you feel qualified for the jobs and you're female, uh, please do apply as we're looking for diversity in these new roles within the organization and we will um, we, we we aren't sexist we will we'll take into consideration whoever's the most qualified or fits the the role the best so to find these new roles uh, I'll be hiring it for and, and their scope of work just head to my link tree linked in the show description and also on any social media platform I'm on and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the list to find the jobs listings and if you feel qualified for the job, uh, there's a few listed there. Please submit your name and job you're applying for uh, to the contact form page listed in the link tree right under where you can check out all the job uh, descriptions and stuff like that and also in the episode description as well. So looking forward to connecting with some listeners who are, are serious about potentially helping support the work we do here. And uh, please, only serious and, and qualified applicants only. We cannot... Uh, uh, we can also not guarantee you will receive a reply from us. So uh, with that being said, I, I appreciate all of you and really looking forward to connecting with some people for to continue to build out my team to continue to produce uh, one of the best uh, goaltending podcasts out there right now. So with that being said, and without further ado, let's jump into this week's conversation. I know you're going to love the chat. Ian and I had today. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goalie Hacks podcast. And I'm super excited to be joined today by another incredible goalie mind, former 20-year pro veteran and DEL champion and recent WHL and AJHL coaching veteran, Ian Gordon. And Coach Gordon initially spent his junior years uh, playing mainly for the Swift Current Broncos in the, in the WHL before moving on to have a near 20-year pro career with over 700 professional games played including 40 games in the AHL and over 550 games in Germany's top league, the Dell, the DEL, where he won several awards during his time in the league, as well as the ultimate prize, a championship in 2004 as well. And since retiring in 2014, Ian has coached junior hockey at the highest levels out in Western Canada, becoming a WHL and AJHL coaching veteran in the last seven years. And he's currently the goaltending coach for the SSAC Athletics U18 AAA team. And it couldn't be happier to welcome him to the show today to dive into his 30 plus years in the goalie business. Ian, how you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Doing good. Great, man. Well, well great to have you on the show, dude. And, you know, was super pumped uh, when you said you'd love to come on and shout out to Coach Matt Wong at Coach MW88 on Instagram, uh, our guest from episode 43, you know, for suggesting Ian as a guest, uh, just a crazy amount of experience at the next level. And, uh, you know, super excited to dive into your career today, buddy. Looking forward to sharing it. Yeah, yeah. But hope you're doing well and, and how have things kind of been during COVID and, and what's the plan for your spring here for you and your teams? Well, it's been it's been really uh, interesting, I guess. It's unprecedented for everybody in the world and uh, in the hockey industry. It's been uh, it's been challenging. You've had to be 
adaptable. Um, uh, super excited for the kids at the WHL level and yeah. the AJHL level to be back playing. Um, so in, in my case now, so the spring basically with Seattle, I'm still a goalie coach in Seattle, but I'm grounded nice. in Edmonton. So I'm doing a lot of it uh, just through video uh, and doing that. I still am fortunate enough to get on the ice with Spruce Grove in the AJHL Mm-hmm. weekly but with that comes its challenges too with uh, sure. the protocols you got to follow to make sure that i you know it can still get on the ice and and do my job at that level so basically yeah being adaptable changing things uh and being in a situation where you're not as hands-on physically but you have to do a lot of it through the computer mm-hmm. yeah a lot of it's uh a lot of it's become sort of like decentralized and digital is there anything specifically that you know, you've been kind of doing with your guys that's been, uh, that's been going well, even, even despite all the distance, I guess. Yeah. In Seattle, the we've, I'm real fortunate cast and summer, the assistant coach there. Um, this would have been, would be my eighth season with the team. So yeah. he's been there since we, uh, switched and he came on out in a, in a new staff, as far as the assistant coach, Matt Odette became the head coach and cast and came in. Mm-hmm. uh as one of the new assistants and he'd been around hockey his whole life with his dad coaching the sharks farm team for over 20 years and yeah. he was really keen and astute to uh to learn as much about the goaltending position as he could so he'd always stand right beside me and, and we we'd go through the drills and he knew exactly so even when i wasn't there in the last few years he was able to you know go through the drills that i would send him and now mm-hmm. what we do is you know we we video the goalie sessions and, you know, I, I have that opportunity to take a look at that footage uh, right after um, once once they're done, we go through it, we can go through it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can send. I mean, and, and like I said, everybody's learning here uh, as far as how to share their content. Yeah. And um, this way we're, we're really sticking in the foundation, of not making a drill, you know, overly challenging for him to run or, or to look at things that, you know, would kind of require to maybe right there in front of them to, to make mm-hmm. that small technical adjustment. We're just kind of working on habits and, and uh, the foundation part of goaltending to keep them sharp. So when they play their games, they're feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I wish you luck. I wish you and your guys luck in your teams as well. Uh, you know, as you move into springtime here, but maybe you can just start off, you know, obviously I gave you an intro, but maybe briefly share a bit of uh, you know, your story, your background and how we got to where we are today. Yeah, well, I mean, I grew up in Saskatchewan. Uh, you know, I played goal throughout minor hockey and was able – this was, I guess, pre-Bantam draft days. I was protected by the Swift Current Broncos mm. and made my way there. Uh, I backed up, I think it was four or five games when I was 15 years old, and then the next year they, they had me play midget to develop. And uh, in 92, 93, I got my opportunity to play in the Western Hockey League. I didn't play a ton. Uh, that year we went to the Memorial cup and, uh, went up against some, uh, teams that were very, very full in talent. And, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't, uh, didn't fare as well as would have liked to. So when you went, when you go to the Memorial cup, you win Western hockey league, there's a lot of turnover. So obviously my goalie partner left and I got an opportunity to play the next year and was able to play. 65 of the 72 games uh as an 18 year old and kind of just found my way uh yeah the following year i I started back i went to chicago's camp in 94 
got to Sask, uh, then coming back after about 25, 30 games, I was, I was traded to Saskatoon and, uh, what a great opportunity that became, uh, moving on to a new organization with a, with such a strong history in Saskatoon. Mm -hmm. And I loved every minute of it. And, um, that helped me to, uh, you know, I guess, prepare me. I again, went undrafted, um, but I did get called up to Calgary's farm team for the playoffs. And I sat on the bench there, uh, as everybody was kind of hurt in the system or up. And, uh, so I went and I got the experience of the first round of the American Hockey League playoffs. So just, just best seat in the house sometimes on the bench when you're, when you're that age. And so I, I went there and uh, they invited me back to camp the next year as a free agent. I went to camp and, and at that time, uh, they they were fairly full with NHL ready goalies, but they didn't seem to have a lot that was going to be in the American hockey league. And so I just kind of kept hanging around. Uh, I, you know, I had a, had a good camp. And at that time, Gary Roberts and Joe Neuendijk weren't healthy enough to participate in contact. So they, they needed a guy to shoot on them in the afternoon. So I would go out with them and cool. Very cool. I was just kind of there and then got a couple exhibition games at the American hockey league level. And my agent called me and he says, uh, they'd like to offer you a contract and it's going to be two years. And we're like, okay, good enough. That works. Because uh, <laughs> uh, at that point I, I was just going through it, you know, piece by piece. Uh, yeah. in, as far as my career, I was, I was rated really high in the draft when I was 18, didn't go. Yeah. And that was heartbreaking, but I just sure. kind of stuck, stuck with it. And, uh, as the new CBA had come in, uh, they couldn't sign me to a two-year entry level uh, because of this, how the CBA had changed um, in 95, I think it was. So yeah. he called me back. He says, it'll be three years. I said, okay, great. And I uh, got on my way. And I, I remember thinking at that time, I'm like, what am I going to do in three years? Uh, <laughs> and... Like I said, I, I was I went on to play 18 years uh, yeah, of professional sure. hockey, um, but at that at that moment, and and then the opportunity just kind of it kind of came to me by not actually worrying about it too much, and I and I got started, and and it was good fortune on my side. Uh, Jason Mazzotti got picked up by Hartford on waivers, and Trefiloff ended up being a I think he moved to Buffalo, and my partner was going to, was going to be Dwayne Rollison, but they didn't even realize that with Rolly being as, as old as he was, they had to put him through uh waivers and he was, tw- he was 26, but only in his second year pro. Mm-hmm. So at that time they sent him down. Uh, so they had nobody to start the, the opening weekend, the American hockey league. So that ended up, it ended up being me. Wow. Uh, so Fair I got, well. you know, I just went from zero to 60 in in no time. Uh, <laughs> So I got to start the first four games of the season that year. And uh, then from then on, I, I was, uh, you know, I didn't get, I didn't get the net a lot that year. And you know what, to be fair, I wasn't anywhere near being ready to, uh, to, to be a consistent uh, American hockey league goalie. And, and I had the great pleasure of having Dwayne Rolison as my partner and made me a lifetime friend out of it. And the fact that, I mean, we still talk, this day and i mean i i feel old some days and i know he's much older than i am so um 
but I learned a lot from watching him. Uh, he, he made me feel as, as a big a part of every uh, shutout and win the, like I was in the net, even though it was him carrying the, carrying the ball throughout the season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what a great experience it was. We went to the Calder cup semifinals and uh, he, him and Ron Tugnet went, you know, toe to toe throughout that series. And we ended up losing in seven, but uh, it was just a great, great uh, first year experience. And I, I learned so much, uh, from him watching him every night. And I learned a lot about myself of uh, what I needed to do to get better. If I was going to be, you know, become a, a pro. For sure. For sure. Well, I guess, uh, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, you, you know, you, you had an extremely long pro career, but I kind of want to rewind it all the way back to sort of the start of, you know, what we would call the next level of your career. And that's playing in the WHL, okay. um, you know, like what, back when you were 15, 16, right? So, you know, back when you were trying to make that transition to the junior level, like where did you struggle with the most at the time? You know what? I think there there's two things that, I mean, most guys probably have a tough time admitting. And one of them was my feet. Uh, mm. At every level, I thought I was a really good skater. And I thought I could get around. I thought I was really quick laterally. I thought I was really good when I was coming there. And then when you get to the Western Hockey League, you real the puck moves quicker. Yeah, yeah. And when you you go from the Western Hockey League to to the American Hockey League, the puck moves even quicker. So I I found the biggest thing was just it it wasn't so much the pace of the shots that was was ever the problem. It was Mm -hmm. how quick plays develop. Uh, yeah. I mean, in midget and you, you know who the good players are on the other team. And, and, and at that point, but when, when you start to play and everybody, you know, you start shrinking down um, the, the, you know, the available talent is, you, you know, the best of the best play at the, at that age, then, mm-hmm. then you start to, you know, you, if you have weaknesses, you'll get exposed. And I, I always found the, the biggest adjustment at any level from Bantam on up was basically, you, you got to be able to skate better. Got to be mm-hmm. able to skate better. And mm-hmm. and I said that to all the guys that I've come in, and they'll they'll be like, "Well, I'm a great skater." Mm, exactly. Like as a coach, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a and I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm good that you're a good skater for for the level you've played, but yeah, you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get better. You're gonna have to get either stronger or smarter." And uh, and that was kind of the thing I learned along the way. And and in my first year of pro hockey, that's I spent all my time skating. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. For, so, so I guess, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, cause I get a lot of people DM me all the time and they're like, all oh, this, you know, coach said so-and-so about my skating. I thought my skating was good. You know, and, and a lot of people we, we bring on the show, they kind of understand that, you know what, even if you're at the NHL level, you're never actually truly done developing. Right. So what's some advice that you have for, for some kids out there to kind of put that into perspective really about the, the long journey that they're going down. And in terms of the whole spectrum of goaltending from paperweight to the NHL zero to 100, you know, how do you put that into perspective of f- for them in terms of development so they can keep moving forward and they don't kind of get stale and think they're good where they are? Well, I mean, when you, when you look at the, look at it that way, I mean, take the steps that are appropriate for you at the right times. Yeah. Uh, that that's very, I mean, people can get lost by, by thinking they're ready and they're not. And then sometimes you, you, they find that incredibly discouraging. I mean, people get better at, at different ages. Sometimes things uh, click a little bit better. You make, you make some adjustments or you realize, Hey, that light bulb switch for some people 
where they're, they're not self-aware enough to know that mm. my skating does need to get better. Uh, but every, every goalie needs to continually work at their game. And, and that doesn't matter at what level you're at. Like it playing goals, hard work. And if you, the minute you stop working at it, mm-hmm. things, things can deteriorate real quickly. And you'll, I played against and saw real talented guys mm-hmm. that were probably NHL ready at 20, 21, 22. And I mean, I saw what kind of happened as, but they weren't people that were willing to stick, stick it, you know, getting better. Mm. And uh, you have to have a routine where you, you involve a certain component of skating, you know, some component of, of tracking and positioning and smarts, but you have to continually work at it. And I think uh, the guys that do are the ones that can stay uh, at a high level for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then transitioning, you know, from, from the WHL, to the AHL, you kind of touched on it earlier uh, in your story, but, you know, after your final season in the league, you played 40 games for the, the St. John's Flames over two seasons. But when you first got to pro hockey, you know, you talked about how you learned so much, but what was the hardest part initially about making that transition to the American League level? Like I said, the, the movement, uh, yeah. how quick it was. I mean, the, the game was fast compared to the Western Hockey League and, so that was that was the one thing for me. I mean, and and again, you go up another level. The, the pace of like the pace of shots is is it's hard, but everybody can shoot it right, and everybody passes yeah. hard, and yeah. that means you got to get places quick, and you know to to make the proper decisions. So that that was it for me. I mean, I found that to be the biggest, uh, I guess, adjustment was just I I it was recognizing that my skating was going to have to get a lot better. If I was going to be, you know, at, at my size, I wasn't, I'm not as big as I think I am sometimes, but uh, <laughs> it, being able to move, I mean, and, yeah. I mean, as smaller goalies, if, if you, you got to be able to get there and you got to be able to be play, play a patient game. And, uh, yeah. and that, that was really important for me was just to learn that, you know, what my, my skating is going to have to get better. Yeah, and you're even seeing it at the NHL level now that, uh, you know, you're seeing kind of a, a trans, a little bit of a transition, like with height, where they're like, they're like becoming a little more okay with a little less size, just because the game has gotten so skilled, right? But they're just, you know, they're they're looking for guys who have that mobility because it's just, you know, uh, at, at the next level, they always make that last play. If you can't hold your feet, if you can't follow the play, type of thing, right? You're gonna you're gonna get passed around. You're gonna get beat, right? So what was something that I guess that you did at the time to, to really work on that was just like skating on your own. Was it with the goalie coach? Was well, it like, un, I, I guess actually, and, and something I want to ask as well is there's this, there's been a kind of a rise in, and what you would call like unconventional skating training yeah. where you like push goalies outside of their comfort zone a bit. What, what were you doing? hundred percent. And and that is where I became a better skater. So uh, when you're the backup nice. goalie, your, your pregame skates, y'all, like, especially when you're on the road, you would, you would, skate second yeah. uh home team skate first road team come on after well the guys that don't play get bagged and and it's hard work yeah. yeah and they like they would do a bunch of drills with me and then they would start you know doing lines doing like crossover type stuff quick feet mm-hmm. i did it with them yeah right and it, it it wasn't it was actually a choice i think one day i just wanted to to, you know, feel like a part of the group of the guys that weren't playing. Right. And it, it I gained a lot of benefit out of it. (laughs) I, I gained a ton of respect from my teammates for doing it. 
too. So I would hop in and I did every skating drill until they were done. Yeah. And as a result of it, like, I mean, people joke, but I had no problem doing crossovers with my pads on. Right, right. You're working on that athleticism, right? Yeah. And, and my feet, right? Well, you yeah. ask the goalie to do crossovers now and look what it looks like. Uh, it's fallen. It's, it, it is, it's gross, but yeah. to be fair, it got my feet better because yeah, yeah. overall, I mean, my edge work was better. Uh, the ability to be in more balanced and you'd be able to, you know, transition more than one way. And a lot of it just mm. came from skating as much as a player. Mm. Uh, with goalie equipment on as it did from, you know, working on an, an endless amount of shuffles and, and uh, you know, and T-pushes. So, like, at that this point, is- like, my feet got better just from skating like a player in, in the conditioning component of, uh, of post-practice. You know, that's funny that you say that because when I was a kid, I would, I would, uh, I'm a smaller guy too, so I think you and I see relatively yeah. eye-to-eye. But when I was smaller too, I would go to these, like, power skates you know, with like all forwards and there's only like two goalies and yeah. then we would do the first whole hour would be all skating, all player skating. And I would do it with the players and then I would jump in net for the next hours and uh, next hour and take shots. And I look back at that and I'm like, you know what, that, that was really so good at such a young age. Cause it just, it forces, it forces your feet outside your comfort zone a bit. Yes. And then when you get in the net, man, your balance and everything, you're just like way more composed and you feel way more comfortable. What do you think? I totally agree with you. I just believe the the goalies that can have the ability to skate like a player, uh, they they do have more balance, better edge control. I mean, I mean, granted, you th- you think of puck handling. I mean, puck handling is based on getting your feet going, so you have the agility right. to, to retrieve. Uh, I mean, and that the I mean, pivots protecting pucks as a goalie is yeah. is part of be, being a good puck handler, and that it all starts <laughs> with having good feet. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, like I said, I totally, totally believe the guys that can, if you saw them go play rec league, uh, you know, as a player and if you see them moving around, you can tell they'd be a good <laughs> skater in, in as a goalie. Yeah. 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 For sure. I guess looking back though, you know, we talk about feet a lot, but, but you know, when you transitioned to pro hockey, you know, was there anything that you wish you could go back and tell yourself, uh, that you wish you could change now? Yeah, you know what? Because I know there's a lot of layers to pro, right? There's yeah, transactions. No. There's so many things, right? You know what? I look back at my career professionally, like, and I look back on it with so much appreciation for yeah. for the moments along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that my story was my story. I'm, I'm, I mean, I know everybody wants to play in the national hockey league and I was no different growing up in York, but I just kept going every year and I really enjoyed playing the game. And at the level I was at, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're not made for it. And, and in my case, and I know someone might think that that's a, you know, a loser's mentality, but my story was my story. And I mean, mm-hmm. I remember um, I got called to the, co- like this, my second year pro, I got moved um, at, at the deadline. I went to Grand Rapids. So mm-hmm. I was, we were St. John, we were in Rochester and uh, I got called into the coach's uh, hotel room and I knew something was going on because Jaguar had been traded to Calgary's uh, organization and they picked up Tyler Moss from uh, Tampa Right. So I'm like, I'm probably going to be on my way out here. <laughs> well, 
I mean, I was heartbroken at the time, yeah, but okay. little did I know that I was going to go into Grand Rapids, Michigan and meet some of the best people I, I met in my life in hockey. Uh, yeah. I ended up becoming partners with Pokey Reddick uh, and learned nice. a ton watching him. The next year I was partners with Patrick Laleem, like, wow. and, and then Neil Little the following year. Like I met, like these guys are all great guys, good partners, good friends. And, and I look at my journey through that and, it i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't trade those for you know for yeah because it was it's my story right like it was it was unique to me um you know my wife and i have met so many good people you know touring you know the world through through the game of hockey that you know i i look back at it with so much appreciation that you know what i i i've thought about that when i was done and i you know what i love my career and you know what it's my story yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, you know, it, it's funny, actually, you mentioned in Michigan, I, I ended up playing there too. I've some of the, some of my best friends are from Michigan. I don't know what it is about Canadians in Michigan. We click pretty good. They're probably yeah. right on the border or something. Right. Uh, yeah. but I guess moving into, you know, your, uh, your very long and amazing tenure in the, the DEL in Germany, the, the top pro league there, 13 years in the league and a championship and several awards, which we'll dive into, um, but initially, when you're making that transition over to Europe from North America, what was sort of the hardest part about uh, about making that transition to pro hockey overseas? Well, this was 2000, so uh, things are different uh, when <laughs> when you think about it now. Like we yeah. dial up internet, like uh, right, you barely had cell phones, probably. Eh? Well, I didn't have a cell phone my first. <laughs> I didn't get a cell phone to my second year, and that was because my wife was pregnant. Uh, but at that point, yeah, there was no, I didn't have a cell phone. Uh, all the kids listening are like, how do you live like that? I know. Uh, <laughs> but so there, there was those challenges, I guess. Yeah. Um, if you're ever going to have success in Europe, you have to embrace the way things are done in a different country. Yeah. Uh, sure. And I think at first I fought, uh, everything like, yeah. I mean, you couldn't get a bottle of water at the rink that didn't have, you know, that wasn't basically, you know, San Carbonino. Everything, yeah, had, yeah. everything was carbonated. You know, the food was different. We, you know, sometimes we were practicing twice a day. Wow. And you know what? And I, I fought, I fought against it. Yeah. And part of that, as we got, got going, um, we actually, my, we, we moved, my wife and I, we moved into an apartment. Uh, we switched apartments that actually helped. We ended up becoming neighbors with the Eric Dubois, his son, Pierre Luke's in Columbus or no Winnipeg, right? He's yeah, Winnipeg. trade. Yeah. Anyway. So we ended up becoming good friends with them across the hall. We got a little more comfortable in our, in our surroundings where we were living. And, uh, I went and played for team Canada at the Deutschland cup that yeah. fall and just got talking to all the guys that were scattered around, uh, you know, Germany and Switzerland and stuff. Right. And everybody kind of had the same stories. Right. So it was like, you know what, like, this is a pretty good gig. And, uh, <laughs> and through that time, again, uh, our teams in Schwinnigan were not, not really good, but again, I, I met some of the most amazing people uh, as far as teammates um, guys that I hold dear in my heart for, for the rest of my life. Um, so playing there, uh, was, was quite an experience. I mean, the one end was wide open. It was cold. It was in the black forest. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. but, but what an experience, uh, 
to go through it. I mean, we, like I said, weren't on very good teams, but um, through my first three years there, I found myself, and I'll say it, in, in my third year there, we were probably one of the worst teams in Europe uh, for that, for the top, top division of any, yeah. I got better for and, sure. I could, and I could feel myself getting better. Mm. And, and like I said, so at that age, I'm 27. Uh, but that's, and it was just like, I, I felt so good and we were getting pumped all the time, but I felt great in the net. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, one day this is going to go right. And, uh, yeah. and it did. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, sure enough, you know, the, in 2003, four, I guess, you know, actually before I move on, yeah, you know, something just came to mind, you know, regarding like when you go to a new organization and you don't seem to be kind of gelling. You know what I mean? You, you said, you know what, the gig's not bad, but what's some advice that you have for like kids out there that don't buy into, you know, the team's programs and they're kind of like resisting a lot. And you know what I mean? What's some advice for you, you have for those kids that maybe are, are not being objective about things and, and just not buying into where they are? Well, I mean, there are some things you, I mean, you control what you, you control your controllables. And a lot of that is, you know, is what well, can even you your attitude, right? Pardon me? Your attitude, right? Yeah, just what can you control today? One that is one thing you can control every day, yeah. and I mean, w- whether it's a coach or a general manager, they're not just worried about you. I mean, they're yeah. worried about the group. They're worried about everybody. They make decisions that you know have implications for not just you. They're not just out to get you. I mean, when they when they sign you, they they sign you with the with the hope that you have success. So, I mean, it, it's not always on the team, and it's and I mean. As, as an individual, sometimes it's not always a fit, but mm. I mean, if you will leave an impact on people either way of how, of how you behave and, sure. and those calls, reputation, right? Yeah. Those calls always come around. So you got to mm. be careful, uh, of how, you, how you approached every situation. Um, and you know, I guess some of the decisions you made of how, of how you were in those, in their setting. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, you know, now moving on to, you know, uh, a 2003 and four, right. You talk about, you know, you knew that development will one day pay off. And in your first year with the Frankfurt lions, you go all the way and win a championship, uh, one of the most prestigious leagues in the world. What do you think contributed to so much to your success that, that season? Well, I'll, I'll give you a backstory here. We talk, you want to talk adversity. So in Europe, you can sign anywhere at any time. Yeah. So, and also in Europe, there's relegation. So, which means the bottom two in some leagues, it's, it hasn't been as prevalent as, uh, right now, but when I was there, the bottom two teams play a best of seven to see who gets kicked out of the league. (laughs) Jeez. So I had signed in Frankfurt for the following season and they were second last. And I, my team in Schwinnigan was last place. So I had to play against a team that was my future team <laughs> and if my team wins you don't have a place to play or you go down right? i don't have a place to play <laughs> so wow schwinnigan was in money trouble so we there was a sense that even if schwinnigan won uh they probably would have to have a tough time getting their license yeah. for the following season. Yeah. But Frankfurt, on the other hand, if they lost, what would the league do with them? Because in essence, they should be disqualified from playing. Right. 
So my team in Schwinnigan did win. We won the series in six. And so as I sat there, you know, for a good part of the summer, we didn't really know what was going on. (laughs) And it wasn't like, I think it was a month before camp, before I even ordered equipment, because I hadn't heard from anybody in about seven, eight weeks of what was even going on there. (laughs) They're probably a little sour you beat them. (laughs) Well, at that point, you're like, oh, what do you do? Right. Is you're, you're about to play goal, you know, in a situation, if you play bad, your future team is definitely not going to be jumping up and down about the fact that they've signed this goalie who they may have thought was better than he yeah, is. It, I mean, you play good, situation. you're going to put them in a tough spot too. So it was a can't win kind of thing. Wow. So I basically just went and played and figured it would sort itself out after, and it did. And uh, I went on to, like I said, I played seven years in Frankfurt. Yeah. And would have would have played there forever if they didn't uh, run into financial troubles on their own. But uh, graciously enough, they brought uh, four of us back from that championship team and retired our jerseys as they're now wow. in, in the second league now. But uh, they it was really nice of them to to honor the fact because we didn't really get to leave on our own terms. Uh, right. We kind of woke up one day in July to find out again uh, that the team wouldn't be it. playing in the top league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and pertaining specifically to that first season where you yeah. won the championship, though, you know, for you, you make that transition, you go through all this drama, you end up playing, you know, where was kind of that shift there, either internally or physically for you that allowed you to kind of be able to put the team on your back and pursue that championship? Yeah, we really struggled to finish that season. Uh, we were really good. And then the last, I think about eight games, I don't even know. We maybe only won once and it wasn't, it wasn't going good. We lost the first game in the first round and then, uh, we came home and I got a shutout in game two. So we were, we were tied at one. We went there. I got another shutout in game three on the road, brought it home and I got a shutout in game four. So we were up three, one. And at that point, even going into the series, nobody thought we would we'd be a team to, you know, take a run at this. Right. So we won the series in, uh, in six. And I mean, obviously you put three shutouts together in a row. You're feeling, feeling really <laughs> good. good about, you're feeling real good about your game. Right. And as a yeah. group, we felt good. And again, we went up against another team in the, ne- in the next round, Hamburg, who had a, you know, again, a team that was heavily favored. And, uh, and we, we were just so tough to beat at home uh, that when we put, we forced them to a final game in their rank. I mean, the pressure had all kind of gone the other way. It was like, how mm-hmm. can we get rid of these guys? And, uh, we ended up getting too early in, in the, in game five there. And we were able to push that one past and put us in the final. And we were just playing with house money. Right. Uh, yeah. it seemed like, and we, it never seemed as a group that we were ever too concerned, uh, that we always felt we could win. We we knew we'd be able to take care of things at home. And, and I remember as, as a goalie, that's why you, why, you know, if you're looking for some feedback, I just kept, you know, trusting that my game was good enough, even, and I had some bad games in in the semifinals, but Mm -hmm. you know, my team was there and I, I just kind of felt I'll just keep being my, you know, being myself here making the saves and, and it'll be okay. And I remember as the, the clock was kicking, uh, ticking down at the end. I'm like, Oh my, Oh my goodness. Like we're going to win the championship. And I hadn't even thought of it at that point. Yeah. yeah. 
like I, cause I, you just, you know, you get into the routine of doing it, preparing, you know, your pregame yeah. skates, all that stuff. You just keep showing up and you keep doing it. And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, Oh my God, uh, we're going to win. Yeah. And, and the buzzer went and we were, we were champions. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can kind of detail I, and we'll dive into some of these routines now, just so everybody can get it. This is the stuff everybody loves. What, what was, what was some of your like stuff you did in terms of routines to, that you felt got you ready on a weekly basis, either off ice, on ice, pregame, things like that. Some hacks. Okay. So for me and I'll, this is, I played uh, over 700 games as a starter in the German league and I rarely missed a pregame skate and my pregame skate would potentially only be 12 to, you know, 18 minutes. But at the end of every one, I did the exact same skating drills before I would get off the ice. And I would go to the center circle there where the ref is to that little half circle. Yep. And I would go through the same six skating drills before every game I played. What are they? Uh, okay. So I would do a, bo- I would do a box. So basically, you know, a, a step out with the, you know, I'd cross the red line. So that'd be one. Then yep. I'd reverse it. So it'd be like a step in post to post step out on the other side. Mm. I would do a, uh, basically a Y drill. So just kind of scoping out and back with kind of a slide, kind of a simulated breakaway. You know what? It's funny. Sorry to stop yeah. you there, but the Y drill is I, 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 some, uh, a goalie coach, his name is Eric, uh, Eric will us. Oh man. I can't remember. Oh my God. So long ago I got taught the Y drill and it taught me actually early on in my career, like how to basically get faster, like depth control. Right. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of that Y drill. You do that is, that is like gone now. Like, I feel like people don't do that anymore. Sorry. So yeah, so, and the same thing. So I had an X and yeah. I had a Z. So there's my six. And I got all these from Jim Corsi. Like Jim came to me when I was in Schwinnigan. Uh, he was goalie coach at the Sabres at the time. So he just came to uh, training camp in August. Yeah. I uh, And Jim would put me through these kind of skating drills. And I... I hadn't, I hadn't done them when I was in North America. So when I got to Europe, I got these from Jim and I, like I said, used them right on through from uh, 2000 until, you know, 2014. Yeah. 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 Wow. No, good stuff. I mean, uh, and those are the kind of things, right? You're just like, okay, I do this next. Okay. I do this next. Okay. I do this next. All of a sudden you're at the championship. You're like, you're like, what you, how do we get here? <laughs> Almost right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? This was a reminder. Like, and it comes back to the skating. I always yeah. felt if I did these drills in the morning of, I would feel I've taken care. I've taken care yes. my preparation throughout the week. So typically my goalie skates would be on Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, like Tuesday was a big workday team wise, goalie wise. I'd get a goalie skate Wednesday. And then like Friday morning for pregame skate, I'd take my shots and make sure I was feeling good. My tracking do these skating drills. And I would feel like I've done all the work all week to prepare myself to succeed on Friday night. Yeah. If you study for the test, you're going to feel prepared to pass. Right. Yeah. And then Sunday morning, I mean, Saturday would always be kind of a light practice Sunday morning. I would still pregame skate no matter wherever we were, unless it was a two thirty game. And again, go through the same process, six, you know, 12 minutes shots, feel good you know, six skating drills and do it again. And like, I felt if I had good habits that way, uh, that I come the game, I, you just got to let it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess, uh, specifically regarding your championship in that series, like 
what are some things that you did to help you focus and avoid, you know, anxiety during big games? Like obviously everybody gets anxiety. Like, do you have any routines or, you, you know, things that you said to yourself when you, you know, the going got tough or you had to work through fatigue or something? What are some like either internal or external things you did to help uh, manage stress and anxiety? Honestly, keep making saves. Like just yeah. in, in your mind, just keep making saves. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're playing good and you get beat, you know, you were beat. Like yeah. I always say the truth is within the goalie. Uh, mm-hmm. But for me, I was like, I just, I'm just going to keep making saves. I never worried about the score. I never, I just like, I'm just going to keep making saves, keep making saves. And I learned this, like, as I kind of got older, like I'm good enough. Just, just keep making saves. Don't like worry about anything but the moment. And that was, mm-hmm. I just keep making saves. And one of the, there's a message I told myself, I gave up so many bad goals over my uh, career. But I remember in, in preseason in Frankfurt, my first year there, I chased the guy behind the net. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm glad there's no video of this because it was maybe one of the worst goals uh, ever in pro hockey. But we were playing a preseason game and it was new team. And, and the guy kind of was on a net drive and he walked and I was playing him so aggressive. I stayed on my feet forever. And all of a sudden he was past the far post. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm probably 12 feet from my net. And he was going around the net. I went with him and uh, I'm like this. And I remember coming in after the second period and the general managers in the hallway, he chased them behind the net. <laughs> like you went, like instead of meeting him around the other post, you oh, went yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I chased him. And it's just, like I said, it's the worst goal like I've ever given up. Yeah. But I remember like, <laughs> thinking in my head like what were you doing yeah, and so yeah i'm sitting there in between periods and uh so i go out and right away guy comes down the wing and rips one i nothing better for me than a good stick save and put the puck over the glass mm-hmm. and i just said hey i'm good enough at this and away we went we still won the game and but that was just kind of a, another moment in my you know my career that you know i you give up one, you know what, just get back yeah. in there. Just keep making saves. Just keep making yeah. saves. And that, again, you learn that about yourself. And um, so many people have talked, like, I mean, the goaltending in Europe is, um, it, it's good. And yeah. like I had, I, I had playoff series against Jaguar when he was over there in the lockout. I played against Chris Paul, who I, I mean, lots of guys, Tommy Grice, like these guys were, yeah. were in the German league. Dimitri yeah, Patzold, yeah. uh, Ty Conklin, like wow. the Corey Hirsch, Joaquin Gage. Like I was playing against good guys all the time. Jamie Store and Manny Legacy. And it's like, you know what? Wow. I can't think of watch Manny Legacy when I when he's 200 feet away from me. I can't think that he was great in the World Juniors. I can't think about Jaguar winning a Stanley Cup. All mm. I can worry about is being Ian Gordon today, and, that, and that's going to be good enough. And yeah. And that for me was I had to have that mindset. Mm. is because I was who I was and it, you know, it had got me to where I was. And if I, if I spent any more attention worrying about if, if, you know, stores, he's going to get locked in tonight or Manny legs, he's just going to fi- find one of those moments where, you, you know, you're not going to beat him. Jimmy Wade, like you just, yeah. I can't think that, you know, and, and that was mm. for me, it just, it's in that control, the controllables. You can't be thinking, Hey, this guy's so good down there. We got no chance. It's just like, I'm going to keep making my saves and, you know, hopefully it'll be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and ultimately for goalies looking to win a championship as well one day, like 
What do you think is the most important piece of advice or skill that they can develop that will kind of help them find success in a championship, uh, championship series or game one day? Move on. Every, every day is brand new. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't, like if you're feeling it, great. But if you don't have a good day, like you can't spend any time there. Uh, and you got to just think, we, we, we play tomorrow. And that's yeah. basically whether it was good or bad, you can get pumped in a game. Don't matter. You got to come back the next day and, and be ready to go. Yeah. For you and like your mind, like what, what would you be saying? You'd just be saying like, ah, oh, it's a bad day. I'll move on. Or like, are you proactive about making changes? Like how do you kind of, a, how do you approach failure? I guess is a better question, you know? Well, it's a new opportunity. I mean, you, you have to absolutely learn from your mistakes. So if, yeah. I mean, if it didn't go one, go your way, I mean, the next day is a new day to make, you know, you just get back on it. And, uh, I, I don't think you can, if you spend too much time in it and overanalyzing it, oh, I just need to do this, or I just need to do that. You just got to let it happen sometimes. Trust yourself that you're good enough and, and get back in there and play. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess uh, regarding your, your long tenure now coaching at the WHL and the AJHL level, you know, where do you, you know, we talked about feet earlier in the conversation, but where do you typically see goalies struggle the most when they're trying to make that transition to from minor hockey to junior or the major junior levels these days? Oh man. Uh, some guys struggle because they're not ready and that can be in what sense. What do you mean? Yeah. And it's, it, it's more just the lifestyle. Like it, it's hard. Uh, I mean, if you're, it, it takes a special kid to go play junior. You forget, um, I mean, and I think some of the mindsets have changed from some people, but it, yeah. it's hard work. And, uh, to, to be there and to be in it every day to practice as much as you do. Like, I mean, a lot of times when you practice at, at, at the younger age, you, I mean, you practice for an hour and you're done and yeah, you might work out, but it's not to the extent of what it's like at the, at the Western hockey league level. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think some guys just have a tough time, you know, being away from home for the first time and, you know, and they're, they're just not ready for that opportunity. Um, especially with the modern day, uh, a lot of guys haven't had to go through the process of really trying out for for teams to the extent of what how it used to be. There's so many teams that seem to be pre-selected nowadays, and then they get to the Western League, and it's like they're looking around their shoulder because there's someone else there or whatever mm. it is. So um, it's just a little bit to handle. That That's the one thing, I guess, and that's more of an emotional thing uh, sure. of not being ready physically. I mean, again, uh, you, the biggest technical adjustment I find and the toughest thing most guys have when they first get to the Western Hockey League or the AJHL is dealing with traffic. Mm, I love that you said that. So the bodies are bigger and screening the goalie at midget and academy level or high school, or whatever it is, screening the goalie is a suggestion. Uh, at the Western Hockey League level, it's it's non-negotiable from the coach. Yeah, you have to screen, screen the goalie properly. Like that's how yeah. you score most goals, right? That's right. And, <laughs> and sometimes the screen isn't just their guy, right? It's your yeah. guy thinking he needs to get rid of them. Uh, so then now you got layers. So I find the toughest part for any goalie coming in there is they have a tough time locating pucks mm. In, in the zone stuff. It's not the, it's not the big release that beats them. It's like traffic is traffic is tough to deal with. And if you don't have a plan uh, of how to play in traffic, I think a lot of guys get exposed just by the amount of bodies, 
bodies are bigger, the screens are better, and they have a tough time fighting to to find pucks. Yeah, I I, I love that you said that because that was uh, such an integral part for like me and my career too. I remember like going to the junior level and just being like, man, like these guys really taking away your eyes. And that was even, you know, 10 years ago, right? And obviously everybody's gotten a lot smarter. So, uh, you know, you talk about having a system to deal with traffic and I have my own, okay. but what's something, what, what's something that you, you know, how do you teach it to your guys? How do you articulate to them? What's some hacks that you give them? Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, and mine can be debated, but I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you're probably not far off from me. Right. So, <laughs> so first location for me always is around and when possible on short sides. Yes. So any flanks is always around. Okay. Yeah. Around through and under are options for me. Like, so yeah. under an elbow or under an elbow. elbow. Yeah. yeah. Find, find a lane, yeah. you know, no matter what, once you find it, stay on it. Like, don't get too busy. If you've got it, you've got it. Yeah. So look, finding the pucks, the first most important part. And, and I'm last, last case for me is the over. Yeah. Yeah. I, I same for sure. Okay, so I, I mean, I know it's debated by everybody, but if, and, and I, I had this conversation with uh, Jason LaBarbera is good friend of mine. And he's like, everybody thought I would be good in traffic because I'm so big. He goes, but I had so many mixed messages and he goes, I never had a plan of how to play in traffic. Right. And for me, like it's have a plan, stick to it. And if your team knows, especially if you're picking up pucks on the, on the flanks, mm -hmm. like when, when a team has an umbrella that you're going to locate on the short side. So nobody can be pushing in from the, from the outside in, like don't cross your own goalie, let them like play that and hold your positioning and be ready to compete on rebounds as, as, yeah. as in the team concept. So mm -hmm. that for me is you're way better off. If a guy's going to through shoot it far side, through a screen and your D and you know what? It's sometimes it's your hat, but if you can, yeah. if you can get access to it on the short side, especially off the flanks, I think you should. In, in regarding depth, what's yeah. your opinion on depth? Should you be like close to tips further back? I've, like I've always been about a hand away. Yeah. Yeah. So you so like to get closer to the tip area. Kind yeah. Of so if you're about a hand away, you should be able to collapse in on it. You should be able to access be a, Every save should be in your in your toolbox still, yeah. so you don't get too you know caught up with the screen. Um, and then even that way, if something else happens in traffic, your hand away, you still have the ability to move. Yeah, you know what? I, I love it uh, that you said that because there's something that I've been thinking about too, and and it was just uh, even in pro hockey because they just get better and better and better at screening you. You know, you have to start to learn to almost like develop this this skill of like unilateral eye tracking, where like. You have to track pucks through a guy's body. So you're looking on the outside and it's going cross body, right? hundred uh, percent. Or, yeah. or, or you have to try and track pucks with like one eye because you're looking under the guy's, you're looking through his chicken wing, but you only got a little inch or something like that, right? Do you think that's something that people should be working on as well? You know what? And these are really good points by you. And I, what I brought up when we got to return to play with Seattle was I, you know, talking to the head coach and we, and the assistant coaches, I said, in every practice, try to have a drill that we're screening the goalie. Yeah. Because I said, in all this time, so you think 12 months between games, 
how many like in goalie sessions it's great well we can use the other goalie as a screener and there's all the devices and gimmicks out there that you know a guy can wheel on the ice but nothing's game like about training in screens and traffic of what you're going to see where their people are moving uh you know there's multiple like layers and quick turns on rebounds and yeah. stuff like that so i said any any package where you can like you know shooting package where you can incorporate net front presence i said bring it in every drill you can and yeah. they were they were really receptive to that it was something they didn't didn't think of because i mean i i, I know as headed to the rink today uh I'm not about to go do screens with, you know, shooters that, right. you know what, because I know how courageous they'll be standing there. Uh, <laughs> but that's like, in a, but it's a real thing. You know, I mean, we can yeah. train on the open shot and we can train, train on tips and wraps and post play and all that stuff. But you know, I mean, we, you get into the real nuts and bolts of a game where you got broken plays, you got screens yeah. and traffic and things that just aren't, you know, it's not a controlled environment anymore. Things that really challenge you, right? Right. Yeah, no, and, and uh, you know, I, the, the traffic thing is so, so huge for me. It's so, so huge for me, and, and, I, and I love the way that you articulate it. And you even see it, you know, it, it just you – know, and, and I kind of want to dive into hunting and kind of competing a bit. You know, I, I always said on traffic, like, you need to hunt as hard as you can because if you don't see the release, you're, you're screwed. You know, and, and, and so that's what you're kind of saying when you get a lock on it. Um, so maybe you can kind of articulate to people because, you know, a lot of young kids that go to that next level and they're like, yeah, I just like shot that beat me through screen, you know, but from a conditioning standpoint, what kind of conditioning do you need to be in to be able to hunt and see pucks constantly without getting fatigued? Cause obviously you're working away from the puck, like significantly harder, right? Oh, hundred percent. I, I, I describe a competitive goalie as one who fights for pucks in traffic. Yeah. That's, that's my compete. My compete is finding pucks. And it, the answer is never, I didn't see it. Like that mm. might work for mom and dad. And they'll be like, <laughs> but that will never work at, at the, the next, next level. level. Like you yeah. signed up to be a goalie. You, you find the puck. Like yeah. that is your job. Yeah. And so you got to be competitive because one, you got to hold your stance, right? You might have to get a little bit lower. You might like it's hard work, and in rebounds, most like there's there's, I mean, in traffic there's rebounds. There, so you're gonna have to fight on a second puck. It, you, you know, so you've got to fight uh, for it. And the, like I said, when you describe a competitive goalie, I'll show you one that's good in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and that's something that, you know, and obviously like, you, you know, you've been at the next level, you've been a coach at the next level, their coaches at the next level are constantly looking for that because so much of the scoring game plan is surrounded around having traffic and, you know, picking up loose pucks after getting the shots off that you want. Right. So, you know, all the goalies out there, this is something that you cannot shy away from, you know, it only gets harder. It only takes more out of you. You only have to hunt harder. So, wherever you're at right now, you know, find that next level with, uh, with looking through screens and stuff like that. But I guess, you know, on the recruiting side of things to kind of wrap up the junior thing here, uh, and since it's recruiting season soon, you know, what should parents and goalies be doing to like, just get more exposure? Like what if they didn't get drafted? What should they be doing? How, how should they be developing relationships or, or getting on more people's radar? Like, uh, you know, you, you said that you played a year of midget. So what's some advice you have for them? Oh man. Uh, I, I do say this, uh, if you're good, 
they eventually you will be found. Yeah. Uh, I, I know I do look at it throughout the years of guys that were drafted really high and um, it doesn't always work out. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it, part of it is, I mean, the Western Hockey League and the other leagues have, have a little different age because, you, I mean, you're projecting, right? It's yeah. uh, And even at the National Hockey League level, you'll see guys that are playing that they're not always Carey Price or Vasilevsky. Yeah. Like, there are guys that have found their way and have taken their time and kept kept at it. I mean, no, no better guy to look at than, I mean, Bennington. Uh, for sure you know, who, who stuck with it. He wasn't, you know, as highly, you know, touted as some of the other guys. And I, I believe you just have to, you know, you have to trust that you keep getting better. Like you can't be like, Oh, if I don't play midget prep or if I'm not on, you know, yeah, that, that it's over, I'm never going to make junior. That's, that's the worst way to look at it because I'll tell you, there's enough guys, enough goalies that just go away. Yeah, yeah. They, they just quit, right? Not just injuries. Like, they go away. They don't like their situation. They're upset. Mm. It's too hard. And they vanish. Mm. But if you're willing to stick with it, I mean, there's there's time for you. And and I think the guys that put put the time in and they keep getting better year after year, they'll they'll be there. You know, there's opportunities for you. So... I mean, you can always reach out and, you know, email teams that you'd like to come to their camps. And, yeah. uh, like I ne- never shy away from that. I mean, I do, I do know this. And in, I know a lot of goalies are, they're going to send video on themselves. Uh, I, I use this term. It's great when you can pick your own video. Mm. Uh, you better look good. <laughs> uh, so. That's what I, I honestly, I say that to guys. I'm like, listen, just put all saves. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, and, I, and on the other side, when I send stuff to the, to the, to an NHL team, I'm like, guys, I throw goals in there. <laughs> I, I do. Cause I'm like, you didn't yeah. go the whole season without getting scored. I well, you know to- what? It's funny that you say that there is a, a, a UMass low goalie coach. Somebody told me, it was like, Hey, you know, he's like, I want to see your, your, your best three games and your worst three yeah. games because <laughs> they want to know, how, you know, because even in, on your worst nights, are you somebody who sticks with it? Like, even like you yeah. said, like, it's not just about the whole season. It's about having a bad day too, right? Like, just because you're having a bad day, do you fold like a cheap tent? A hundred percent. That's a great point because like, even in my scouting side of it, like with all the skill, the tools that are out there with Instat and YouTube and everything under yeah, the, yeah. you can find. And I remember, you know, scouting a guy and he gave up six. And I, I mean, I was looking for his reaction. Like, how was his body language going to be? How was he, you know, like, did he put his hands up to show up his teammates? Did he look in the crowd for his parents? Like, what did he do? Did he look for a, but the guy kept at it. I'm like, all the goals were good goals. And it's like, you know what? Like, I'm okay with that. Like, so, because you're going to find, I mean, you make enough calls when you're recruiting somebody, you, you, like I said, be wherever you've been, you've told a little bit of a story in yourself. Yeah. Like, I mean, I look when I, you know, to get Roddy Ross and Regina, uh, like he's in Regina now, but when we brought him to Seattle, we called everybody. Like <laughs> we found, I talked to his coach from when he was 15. I mean, we, yeah. I talked to somebody who was his teacher, like we wow. needed to know what we were getting into right, right, right. and that's how it goes. 
Yeah. Like you, how, you, how, how you, how you carry yourself with, you know, and I think, you know, kids think that like, Oh, I'm at the minor hockey level. This will never matter. But how you carry yourself at the rink every day defines your entire career and your reputation. Right. Hey, I'll tell you a story. I picked, we picked up a goalie off of waivers and I saw him running stairs one day. He didn't even know it was me. And I'm like, if this guy's here doing this. Yeah. Character. Right. I'm like, we needed a third guy. Cause we were going to lose a guy to the U 17s. And I'm like, this guy was on waivers. I'm like, you know what? I, I saw this kid around Edmonton. He doesn't even know I saw him. Yeah. And right, I'm like, right. he was willing to put the work in there. Yeah. No, there was no personal trainer. There was no, right. like, this is just a guy testing himself. Cause, and I'm like, it tells me a little bit about the kid. So yeah. you, you never know who's, who is where, I mean, I I've listed a guy by walking through the rink and, <laughs> and seeing, you know what, this is pretty good. Yeah. I need to sit down. I'm going to watch longer. Right. And so you never know when, when someone's there, who's, who's going to like you. And it was no different. Yeah. Like our owner of Seattle, uh, he owns the saints too. He saw Roddy play once in the AJHL. It's like, Hey guys, this guy's pretty good. And then, and then it came to me, it's like, okay, everybody's got to do their part now and find out yeah. what, what this guy's all about. Like, so you never know when your day's there. And I had Joaquin Gage, uh, helped me out with some summer camps and he played for the Oilers for a bit and had a great career of his own all over the world. And he came and to- told the kids a story. He, he got cut like five times. Yeah. And, wow. and then one day he, he showed up in BC and he had a, uh, you know, it was on his fifth team that year and had a good game and Portland happened to be in town and Portland wow. was like, who is this guy? And within, <laughs> within a few months, uh, I mean, he was in the Western hockey league. He was drafted wow. by the Oilers and he had no, no idea. Anybody was there. Like, yeah. and he, he was like begging anybody throughout Western Canada at all levels. Just let him, you know, show up for yeah. a practice. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, you know, and, and I'm a big advocate for character. I think it's, it's one of those things that really is a non-negotiable anymore either. Cause there's so many great players out there, but in your recruiting process and even all these amazing coaches and, and players, you know, how important is character to, to you and, and everybody, you know, at the next level? Oh, it's humongous because I mean, your teammates are, are those are the people that go to, go to fight for you. Yeah. And sure. if, if you're a strong character guy, they're going to have a lot of time for you when it doesn't go your way. Yeah. And cause it's not going to go your way every day. Yeah, and for sure. They're going to have your back when it's not going, going good. But if you're that guy who's blaming everybody for what's when it's going bad. And if you're that guy who you know, like skips out on the workouts, you're that guy, who, you know, like won't stick around for the extra shots or yeah, you know, compete right. in small area games. The, your teammates get tired of you. And so do, so do your coaches. So right. eventually like even on the goalie coach side, if you're fighting on every, everything we're asking to get done, eventually the guy as a goalie coach or the head coach, they just stop. Like, yeah. they just like put you through the drill and next, you know, yeah. they're, yeah. they're done. Like, yeah. but if you, if you've got character, uh, people have time for you everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and even for me, I think it's, you know, it, and I will say it gives you more lives, right? Like everybody does everybody's got skill. Like we talk about that. So like, what else do you bring to the table when you have a bad day? What else do you bring to the table now? Right. And you kind of talk about it. If you have that character, when you inevitably will have a bad day, everybody's kind of there to pick you up versus like, you know, Oh, let's get rid of this guy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ian, do you have any uh, last words of advice for everyone listening that you feel passionate about sharing? 
uh, identify things that you're weak at and, yeah. uh, and, and truly be honest about where you are as a, as, as a goalie, like, yeah. uh, give yourself, like if you self-assess yourself in, in so many different, you know, components and that can be, that could be from lifestyle to like physical conditioning to mentally, how, how do you manage a game? But honestly, be honest with yourself. you you are in, in a lot of times you are your own goalie coach at times because you need to be self-aware yeah. of who you are. Um, and I look at the littlest details. Um, like everybody thinks they're a good puck handler. Um, but what does that mean? Um, right. And it comes to it. I, I remember at the, at, at the U 18 level, uh, a coach, you know, he, he messaged me, he says, Hey, I'm, I'm going with the other guy over your guy. And I'm like, okay, what's your reason? I mm-hmm. said, I strongly disagree, but what's your reason? He goes, well, Gordo, he goes, he's a better puck handler. Oh my goodness. And I said, you know what? You gave me an answer. He goes, I think the abilities, you know, the same, but yeah. one guy plays puck better. Yeah. So, and I said, you know what? I, I, I you've got the right. Yeah. I, I went back to my goalie and I said, this is the reason and you can, you can take it however you want. Yeah. But, uh, it tells me your puck handling needs to get better. Yeah. Don't give it, don't give anybody that reason anymore. Become a mm-hmm. better puck handler. And I, and I, and I think that like when you're on, don't, don't kid yourself. Think anybody who's played with Mike Smith or like, I, I remember playing against Marty Turco. Sorry for going too long here, but I no, we're not going too long at all, man. <laughs> okay. I, I remember I was in Grand Rapids and Marty Turco was in uh, Kalamazoo. And I mean, Marty Turk was a great puck handler and he taught yeah. Mike Smith so much. And this Marty it was flipping the hand over then. And I, I, I mean, I learned how to play the puck by watching Hexy. Uh, right. So <laughs> but Marty was like, he was everywhere and he had his hand flipped over. And my partner yeah. at the time, I think it was Neil Little. And uh, we went back to practice the next day and we flipped our hand over. And we're like, <laughs> You're like, I, I, that looks cool. Like, that like, looks like it works. I could rip it. And, uh, so anyways, you can always (laughs) learn from the guy at the other end, from your partner. Like I remember, like I learned so much from Patrick Lalim as my partner, how to cheat. Like, uh, he had the equipment on, like he looked (laughs) like it was, it was silly. Cause if you know, Pat, he was so thin and, but I was like, Oh God, I could do that to my pants. I could do that to my uh, chest pants. Not anymore though. Eh? No, no, not anymore. But, ruined it. Because I remember when they, they came in with the new rules and I said, well, just yeah. give me one that's uh, the regulation size. And I got it and it was humongous. I'm like, who are these guys wearing this stuff? Uh, oh my God. Yeah. But just, you can always learn something. You can learn something from yeah. your partner. You can always learn something from a, you know, a different goalie coach, even if, it's not exactly for you, but you know, every time you go to the rink, there's an opportunity to learn something and, and you know, keep at it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Great advice. And, you know, uh, coach, Gordon, coach Gordon, thank you so much, obviously for, for coming on the show. Don't worry about running too long here, man. We can go as long as we want, but it's uh it's been an amazing episode. Always appreciate just insight of what it takes to, you know, not just become a pro, but a winning goaltender at the next level as well. And I know your advice today will just be invaluable to some. So can't thank you enough for coming on today. I know, I know people won't be disappointed, but can you just let people know where they can get in touch with you online? Yeah. Um, Ian Gordon goaltending on Instagram. Uh, I Gordo 34 on Twitter. Uh, if you uh, want to see, I'm a big wrestling fan. So I feel I like a lot of uh, wrestling tweets, uh, but 
but yeah, Ian Gordon goaltending on Instagram and igordo34 on Twitter. Uh, if you ever have a question, I am uh, I am an open book and willing to share with everybody. I mean, I met so many people al- al- along my path, with so many different goalie coaches and great goalies I've played with and against that I believe the sharing is what can uh, can help help kids and and help goalies themselves. So if you ever have a question, you want my insight on it, I'm I'm pretty good to respond to everything. So if anybody wants to get in touch with me, I'm pretty accessible. Yeah, and, and I would take advantage of that. You know, I've I've opened up uh, uh, since coming online over a year ago. My DMs too, and you know, if you're out there, like it's that's the, I think that's the best thing about like social media. You have a lot of guys like me running the show, and you know, Ian that that would love to just give back and, and share the insight. You know, we want nothing but to see the next generation of goaltenders do do well. So obviously, you know, Ian's experienced tons of success at the at the next level for over 25 years now. And I know him and his students have a bright future ahead of them, but maybe somewhere down the road, we have you uh, back on the show, man, if that's something that interests you. That'd be awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful you come on. Thank you, uh, buddy. Good luck as we roll into the spring here. You take care, stay safe, and we'll chat soon, man. You as well. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come on to the show in the next few months. And make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m., is next week I have another incredible goaltending coach coming on the show, Shane Clifford, who is the the Pittsburgh Penguins ex-goalie coach, but over 15-plus year coaching veteran at the next level, having been the goalie coach in the NHL, WHL, uh, D1 NCAA, USHL, OHL, and USPHL as well. An incredible amount of experience at the next level, and I can't wait for you guys to tune into this one. You guys aren't going to want to miss it, so make sure to tune back next week without further ado here are the giveaway details for our monthly giveaway we do for the goalie hacks podcast and just as a note here if you enter into this giveaway even if you don't win uh, we select four winners a month and and that includes books uh, different products training products uh, neuro tracker subscriptions we give away all sorts of things we pick four people a month and even if you don't win uh, one month you're always entered into uh, the the future the future giveaway so to enter the giveaway if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well. And once you leave a review of the podcast, just take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.